0: Welcome to the Super Bowl. We're back. Super Bowl LVII, L- is that right? We've been doing so many of these that it's hard to remember. Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach. We're going to bring down all the pertinent storylines surrounding this Super Bowl. There's a ton of them. And, like, honestly, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll say this, Wilson and Breach. Like, these storylines for this particular Super Bowl, usually we got to, like, like kind of really stretch things to like come up with enough storylines to fill four blocks. I think we could easily like get eight blocks out of this because it's just they just naturally occurred. Do you find that this rule in particular is more just like chunk full of stories like a chocolate chip cookie a chocolate chunk cookie full of like, storylines, yes? No?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's right, and, and Breach, I think the the great thing for Brinson is that this is all about, you can come up with about 15 or 16 different revenge game angles, yes. which is sort of Bre- uh, Brinson's alley, and, and I think we're hitting all those highlights, uh, but I would imagine you probably feel the same way. Yeah, Brinson owns the revenge game angle, I mean, nobody does the revenge
2: game beat better than Will Brinson, and, and you know what, I think it's more like an onion with the layers, you know, let's let's talk
0: a little uh, Trek
2: than a cookie, but
0: yes, okay. a lot of I really, uh, Yeah, I, I, you know what, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you just sat around your hotel room eating a raw onions. Breach, that and would watching actually, Shrek. And yeah. watching Shrek. That would check out for sure. Um, I'm really more of a chocolate chip cookie guy. You can tell, by the way, when you look at me. But this is a revenge Super Bowl. Actually, I have, like, like secret revenge games against each of you. We'll get to those later. Uh, we're going to start instead. Andy Reid. I don't believe for a second that Big Red isn't thinking revenge in this game. You're telling me, buy or sell, Andy Reid thinks this is a revenge game in his heart of hearts, his mind of minds. I think Andy Reid is
1: probably more concerned with like finding the best barbecue Against, you can find. against
0: the Eagles, obviously, his old team. I guess his old team, be but
1: he seems like such a... He's like an old soul. He seems very happy with his lot in life and playing for the uh, coach and the Chargers with, with the Chiefs, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes certainly helps that. But the, the bigger Andy Reid storyline for me is if you guys remember a few years ago at the Miami Super Bowl, we did our Andy Reid off the bye dance. And it feels a lot similar to that, but it feels like that's more... Uh, the issue here than revenge. Andy doesn't strike me as a revenge type guy, sort of the Hey Kool Aid guy running through the locker room. He's more that guy, but he's 29 and 4 off the bye breach. And I feel like that's more important than him getting quote-unquote revenge on the team that he leads in in coaching victories when he left Philadelphia.
2: Ryan, I am going to have to say that I absolutely disagree with you here. Thank I you just coach. 100% disagree. I do agree with the assessment that maybe Annie Reid doesn't seem like a revenge guy, but you don't know you're a revenge guy until you're put in a situation where you want revenge. And there's no way Andy Reid doesn't want revenge. And I think the big thing here is that you still have the people in charge of the Eagles who were in charge when he got fired. Howie Rosen is still the general manager, Jeffrey Lurie still owns the team. He definitely wants to stick to those guys and say, hey sorry you didn't win the Super Bowl, sorry you fired me, uh, and hey I just won my second Lombardi Trophy in four years. So I think he would love to beat them.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously winning the Lombardi Trophy is the most important part, but if you can, if you have to extract your revenge to win the Lombardi Trophy, then you're fine getting that revenge. And you look at his career against the Eagles since he left Philadelphia, became the Chiefs head coach, has won and caught. Covered all three times was a seven-point favorite in 2021, four-point favorite in 2017, and a three-point dog in 2013. Remember that game? That was stupid. They made Andy Reid a dog at the Eagles. He obviously covered, won the game. Andy Reid, I think I agree. I agree with each of you. Actually, like Andy Reid has goodness in his heart. He is a (laughs) like he, he. This is a true story. He literally met. Uh, It was Charles McDonald, I think, right? When he was working for SB Nation. Introduced himself at the airport, and they exchanged mac and cheese recipes. Like, that's Andy Reid in a nutshell. But the guy wants revenge on Philly. Those people fired him. Howie Roseman ousted him. He wants revenge. He will maybe get it. The other revenge angle here from a coaching standpoint that is fascinating, Andy Reid. I don't think this is being played up enough, frankly. Andy Reid fired Nick Sirianni. No, he fired him. He fired him. He went okay. in, he brought him into his office and said, You are no longer with the Chiefs. Buy or sell, Andy Reed or Nick Sirianni was revenge against Andy Reid for canning him in Kansas
1: City. So I'll offer some clarification to what you said factually is in fact true, but <laughs> as Breach noted earlier when we were planning this 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 show here. There was a change of staff. Andy Reid had been fired in Philadelphia, he was coming into Kansas City, yeah. and Sirianni was, was a part of the previous staff. So it's rare that you keep coaches, but that said, I get the sense that Nick Sirianni Breach can hold a grudge. He feels like someone who can manufacture grudges that don't exist in much the same way that those Patriots teams in the early 2000s when Rodney Harrison said no one believed in us when everyone believed in them every <laughs> single week, and they used that as motivation. I think Sirianni will do that, and he may even be wearing an Allen Iverson jersey when he does it. Yeah, Sirianni <laughs> absolutely
2: <laughs> seems like the opposite personality. Type of Annie Reed. I feel like this is a downplayed storyline yes. here where, hey, look, the Chiefs dumped me. There is no question. We don't want to keep you around. We have someone better that we want. Uh we're gonna shoot you it off it out to the West Coast. Breach, or is it that they like you you were a squatter in the house and I they know. bought the house and moved in and they asked you to leave? No, it's feel it's like if you break up with your girlfriend and you're still friends with some of her friends, and yeah. then you're like, Yeah, I don't want to be friends with them anymore either. You can't oh, okay. you just get rid yeah. of everyone. You can't just get rid of everyone if you're
0: you know, I mean, he had a job with the Chiefs. And the new Chiefs boss brought him in and said, you are no longer employed by the Chiefs.
2: You were fired that by the Chiefs. And, and he did part. talk about that. We mentioned that. I talked about it on Monday. And he said, yeah, that, that puts a little chip on my shoulder. So I think it's actually a big chip. Okay. And there would be nothing that would make him more happy than taking down the Chiefs and the guy who took got rid of them.
0: I do think that Sirianni, you know, not necessarily – like, I don't think that he – Necessarily like hates Andy Reid for it. I think he understands why Andy Reid did it because it is sure. a changeover set. But like, I'm I'd still be thinking about it. I mean, it's, it, would, it would have crossed my mind over the last.
1: But you are one to hold a grudge, very much like Nick Sirianni. That's,
0: we're doing my whole revenge segment thing <laughs> here right now. Yeah, Fire. of course. And by like Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni got into a shouting match with Colts fans this year because because Jim Ursay fired Frank Reich, his old boss, in the middle of the season. You think This guy isn't pissed off at the idea of being fired by Andy Reid. He also might be ticked off a little bit. By not being a finalist, Ryan Wilson, for Coach of the Year, buy or sell, Nick Sirianni wants revenge on people like Pete Prisco who didn't vote
1: for him. No, he he definitely wants revenge, but I am of the opinion that while he had a fantastic year and I... I'll put this question to you, you can answer in a second breach, because I know you are Mike LaFleur's, uh, Matt LaFleur's doppelganger, and I, I would often ask the question, is Matt LaFleur a good coach or is it Aaron Rodgers? and I think that Sirianni actually is, in my mind, done a better coaching job in Philly than LaFleur has, but that's something that you can thumb up, th- th- thumbs down in a second. But in terms of what this means, and you look at the graphic here, Dable has done a lot more with a lot less, and he did it quickly. Doug Peterson, Brinson's guy, same thing, even though they spent some money in free agency and had their franchise quarterback, and Kyle Shanahan was down to quarterback back 27, and they made it all the way to the the NFC Championship game. So I think these guys are certainly more deserving. I'd even throw my guy Sean McDermott in there uh, for how they went during the regular season, but I'm okay with Sirianni not being a finalist. That said, Breach, I know he's probably really angry about it. Uh,
2: Yeah, we're talking about chips on his shoulder. He probably has about six dozen there, and this is definitely one of them. It does feel like a snub, and he loves using snub. He's going to use this in the locker room. He's going to use this to motivate himself. I absolutely think if I'm ranking the top five candidates as you get to vote for five guys this year, Sirianni is on you're my you're list. Only for three for the oh coach, the so, but yeah, either yeah. way, I'm Sirianni's siri- yeah. siri- on my Sirianni top three. List. Yeah. Sirianni's top three because top five you talked about three Dable doing more with less, but uh, the Eagles were nine and eight last year. They won 14 games this year, and even though they didn't have a starting quarterback for two of them, and so that's a five win improvement over a team that was already good. So that's almost as difficult. They're probably 16 to one with Jalen Hurts
0: if, if Jalen if Hurts plays, plays every game. Yeah, yeah. So what it-
1: I'm hearing here is that breach has turned on Gardner Minshew.
0: Ooh, what a plot twist. Now go to Revenge. has got a revenge, revenge on yet. you. There you go. <laughs> All right, finally, in terms of revenge segment, or the early revenge angle, Eric Biennemi keeps continually snubbed for head coaching opportunities. Ryan Wilson, Byers, tell that he wants revenge on um, somebody. somebody. Everybody. No, I'm sure he's pretty
1: frustrated. I went back, and, and there were 10 head coaches hired last year. I think that's right. But, I mean, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't have been a better choice than Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. <laughs> And, you know, hindsight being 2020 and all that, no, I get Breach, it. Breach's onion would have been a better choice. Breach's onion dressed up as Wilson the volleyball would have been a, perhaps a better option. <laughs> uh, Lovey Smith, one and done, not entirely his fault in Houston. But, yeah, I'm sure he looks around the league. Dennis Allen probably, you could uh, admit, underachieved uh, in New Orleans as well. So he should be frustrated. We'll see what happens this coaching cycle. There have already been a couple head coaches hired. And it it's, doesn't sound like Breach that he's going to be in the mix for some of the finalists from what we've heard. But maybe that changes. So I'm sure he's frustrated. And it's unclear whether he'll be with Kansas City after the season too. Yeah, well, I think the thing if you're Eric the Enemy, is uh, you're pointing to this and
2: putting the 2022 season as the top spot on your resume. You're saying, hey, look, we lost Tyreek Hill. We lost the most explosive receiver in the NFL. And yet, guess what? Still had... The most points scored in the NFL, the Chiefs' offense did. The most total yards in the NFL, the Chiefs' offense did. And you're in the Super Bowl, uh, even though you lost Tyree Kill. And like you just said, the coaching carousel is pretty much done here. The Cardinals aren't going to hire him. Uh, the Colts will do something crazy, but it won't involve Eric enemy And so, yeah, he's going to have to wait till next year. So it is, I think, if you're him, you're definitely disappointed coming off this season. But you well, think of the job.
0: And let's not sleep on the fact that, like Doug Peterson mentioned for Coach of the Year candidate, we have Mike Kafka who's being interviewed for the Colts, like, repeatedly. All these people from the Andy Reid coaching tree just continue to get jobs right and eric me just can't get one i wouldn't blame him for having a little revenge in his heart all right take a break coming up quarterback talk are the two best quarterbacks in the nfl playing in this game we'll discuss coming up next here on the pick six podcast on tbs sports hq robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty
1: hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too
0: Welcome back to the Big 6 Podcast Show here on CBS Sports HQ. Live from the Super Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona, Will Brinson, Ryan Willis, John Breach. I don't care. I mean, look, we're like 10 years into doing this. I can't believe they still let us do it. I don't care. We'll take it. Speaking of guys who are doing this for like 10 years in a row, Patrick Mahomes, feels like he's been in the Super Bowl for 10 straight years. It's actually only, what, the third out of five years. Pretty but, good. Uh, not bad. Not bad. Not a bad start to a career. You could, you could ask for worse. Jalen Hurts. Also, just a 24 year old quarterback, by the way. I think people, he's been in our collective football consciousness so long with Alabama and Oklahoma. People forget how young he is. Incredible matchup here at the Super Bowl between these two quarterbacks. And, both dealing with an injury that's pretty important guys, which would you say is more important, more impactful for this game, Wilson? The Patrick Mahomes ankle injury or the Jalen Hurts shoulder injury, each of which we've seen at varying degrees affect them over the last month or so.
1: Yeah, but I think the difference for me is that Jalen Hurts seemed pretty okay, ready to go in that NFC Championship game. We saw him run a little bit, and in the week prior, or the two weeks prior in the week 18, 17 game, excuse me, uh, he seemed less inclined to take a hit, and understandably so, but when they needed him in that final playoff game breach, he was all systems go. So the answer, I think, even though Patrick Mahomes maybe played one of his best games, while here on planet Earth, in <laughs> that victory over Breach's Bengals.
0: As a, as a visitor here on planet Earth. As a visitor, clearly.
1: He's going to be going back to Krypton when they rebuild the planet. But, um, my concern breaches when the pass rushers of Philadelphia start getting after it and getting in his space and forcing him off his spot, how is Patrick Mahomes going to react after taking a hit or two? We know he can play with one leg if he remains relatively clean, but my concern is if he takes some hits like he did in that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, does that change the, the, the excuse me the dynamic of the game? Right. I do think the answer is probably Mahomes' injury, like you just said,
2: because, and he doesn't even have to take a hit. We saw in the AFC Championship against the Bengals where he just threw off his back foot in that re- injured and re-aggravated the ankle and he didn't even take a hit on that play so something like that all of a sudden you have a gimpy Patrick Mahomes running around and yeah then it turns into Super Bowl 55 where the Buccaneers just sacking him left and right and the Chiefs don't even score a touchdown and this game turns into a blowout but the thing with Jalen Hurts's injury I feel like it's being uh, I don't want to say downplay but it's flying under the radar because Jalen Hurts hasn't really had to do anything since he's Come back. He only—he hasn't thrown for 200 yards in either of his past two games, which didn't matter because you know the defense terrorized the Giants and the 49ers, and he's been held under 40 rushing yards in his past three games. So he hasn't done anything because he hasn't had to do anything. If the Chiefs jumped out to a 21-7 lead, then maybe it's Hertz's injury that's the big one.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that he hasn't. Done, and I'm not—I'm not questioning. You're, you're factually correct. Like not, I don't think it's just he hasn't had to rush. They haven't had to run him because they blew out the teams they had to deal with on their way to the, the Super Bowl. Here. It was
1: a weird moment in the end of the Giants game where he ran like four straight times. So like what, was why, what are we doing here? Maybe it was just to, as they say he needed to get some contact to get going or whatever.
0: Well, Brady Quinn has pointed out on the Pick 6 podcast our pal Brady Quinn. I'm sure he's Somewhere here, working. Who knows? Um, he's not really a big workout. But anyway, uh, you know, Hertz is a, it's more of a pain management thing for Hurts than anything right. else. And so it, it's basically what they want to do. The the Eagles is limit the amount of like hits he takes if they can. However, this is the last game of the season, right? If they want, if they need Jalen Hurts to get out there to run the ball to use his body to get, pick up key yards. We saw him. They snuck him against uh, against the 49ers down there on the uh, on the two yard line. They're not afraid to do it. I just think they want to minimize the pain management for Mahomes. You know, we we, we flashed up how much it matters in terms of the offensive scheme. I actually think you can make a case that Mahomes' injury, the biggest thing is the Eagles' defensive scheme in the sense that that play you're talking about, Breach, where he rolled out left and threw off his back foot and landed on his plant foot you know, in a, in a weird way and re-aggravated that ankle injury. If I'm the Eagles, and look, I'm not, freaking, you know, Belichick over here in terms of defensive <laughs> schematics, right? But if I'm the Eagles, I'm loading up the left side of my defensive line, and I am forcing Mahomes to scramble that way and to throw off his back foot and to possibly re-aggravate that ankle injury. So I think that, to me, is like a really interesting spot where can the Eagles force him into making that injury worse? I think it's easier to do that with Mahomes
2: than it is to do with Hurts. And the one thing I'll say just real quick is that if Mahomes gets hurt, if, if his ankle gets re-injured, the Chiefs' offense is non-functional. It, it is not going to work if Patrick Mahomes is just limping I out there.
0: It can, it can function, but
2: like it's going to be a big, big problem. But if Jalen Hurts injures the shoulder, they can kind of switch the identity of their yeah. offense, kind of like I just said. The mic can switch here, uh, where <laughs> you just say, "All right, you know what? We're going to hand off. We don't need to throw as many passes because Jalen's shoulder hurt." So yeah, I think the Eagles are in better shape as far as
1: the. QB it sounds like Breach is like, trying to get Gardner Minshew in the game.
0: Yeah, so, coming well, back that's around. That's just Breach is a Gardner 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 Minshew Homer. Speaking of homers, you can tell that uh, producer. For Billy, put together these, uh, these, these, some of these storylines because Jalen Hurts solidifies his stardom as best dual-threat quarterback ever. Uh, It's not that crazy an idea, I guess. But I mean, like, where where do we stand if Jalen Hurts and the Eagles win the Super Bowl? What does it do for Jalen Hurts' career? Because again, like this is a guy who was benched for Tua Tagovailoa in the in the in the championship game, uh, goes to Oklahoma, is called by a, a, the best running back in the Big Twelve, a scout or a GM or somebody told you that, and now he comes out and if he wins a Super Bowl twenty four, like the, the Eagles are kind of loaded. I mean, the the ceiling feels very very high.
1: No, absolutely, and and that's certainly no one's going to take that away from Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and how they built this team and Howie Roseman certainly. But as you mentioned, uh, podcast producer Billy. Uh, Uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised, so it's clear that he has some Eagles leanings with with some of the things he's saying here. And here, Breach, I have two two names for you, and, and you tell me if Jalen Hurts, should he win the Super Bowl, is better than these two guys. Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. Well, okay, so right now he is not. Those guys, uh, as far as
2: uh, the, the, what they were able to do on the ground through the air and their dual threatness, uh, <laughs> obviously Jalen Hurts isn't there. But if you win the Super Bowl, it kind of changes the dynamic of the question because obviously Michael Vick never won a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson's never even made it to a conference title game. and so MVP, though. But I, I, He does have the MVP, but I think a lot of things with these dual threat guys, especially Lamar Jackson right now, is that they haven't been able to sustain the success. Right. Yeah. And so Jalen Hurts winning one Super Bowl, that definitely, Definitely puts him in the conversation. I mean, Russell Wilson uh, would be in the conversation as bad as he was last year. He still has two Super Bowl appearances, one win. Josh Allen. Steve Young. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously a legend, dual threat with only one Super Bowl win. So th- th- it definitely vaults
1: Jalen Hurts up into
0: a top five. If, okay. If they get a yeah, Super Bowl win. different
1: than top, though.
0: Yeah. He, I think he's definitely top. Top three? Three. He's definitely top three of the Super Bowl win. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, I mean, like. Because I mean, yeah, you know, if
1: Cam—it's it, a tough question, but I mean—and and Cam's another one. I didn't have Cam on the list. Another MVP, 2015. Now, things didn't go well in the Super Bowl, but he got them to the Super Bowl. But that's also like the Lamar, where the sustained success
2: didn't happen. Right. It just kind of went downhill right. after 2015. So you got to make sure Jaylen Hurst is playing at a high level for the
1: next three or exactly. four years at least. I think that's right.
0: Okay, so I'm going to mix this one up a little bit uh, in terms of the way that it's phrased in the storyline. Because it's, if Patrick Mahomes, like he said, buy or sell, do you buy that Patrick Mahomes solidifies his status as the best quarterback in the NFL, I, I think he's already there. Like, I don't care.
1: Uh, Kenny Pickett would like a word, but go ahead.
0: Gordon <laughs> <laughs> mentioned as well? Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that... What I think is interesting, if you want to do the whole legacy chat, and I'm not saying that we should, but just Patrick Mahomes, 27 years old. If he wins the Super Bowl on Sunday, he will likely win Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he's an odds-on favorite to win Super yeah. Bowl MVP. It, if it, at the age of 27, he has two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, and, and, and two MVPs, because he's going to win the MVP. We already know that 49 to 50 all-pro votes. Man, I mean, if that's the case, and he's been to three Super Bowls, and I know Tom Brady won his first three. Or, like, we, we, Tom Brady just retired, and it's like, there's no chance in Hades that anyone's ever going to sniff Tom Brady's career achievements, but, like, I don't know, man. Can Patrick Mahomes, like, do we start that talk already if he wins the Super Bowl? No, not that he's better than Tom Brady. No, 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 that he could be better, that he could chase Tom Brady.
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, when he signed that contract that was for what felt like 40 years breached, the the conversation was, well, I wonder what he'll accomplish by the time that contract expires as it relates to Tom Brady. and. It's just a lot to ask. It's almost like the Jack Nicholson, Tiger Woods thing to cross over with golf. Tiger Woods was well on his way and obviously all the off-the-course off, off the course stuff uh, sidetracked his career and, and the injuries and everything else, so we just don't know. Tom Brady was incredibly lucky, he had the 1ACL in 2008, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a guy that was running around anyway. We know that Patrick Mahomes can sometimes, uh, he's at his best when he's off-platform and that leads to injuries, but I mean, if he's 1A, that's not a bad 1A to B Breach. That's like this, if we rank the Pick 6 podcast members, Brenton's 1 and you're a distant one a, you're okay with that at the end of the day.
2: Wow. I'm one. I'll tell you. That was the first time you've ever complimented Brinson. I think <laughs> I you should take it. Somebody clip and save that yeah. comment. But recently. with Mahomes, the flip side, though, is, and this is why it's so difficult to catch Tom Brady and the seven Super Bowl titles, is if you're Mahomes and the Chiefs lose on Sunday, you have now been to five conference title games and you only have one Super Bowl to show for it. And granted, he's still. The top quarterback of the NFL, you just said that. We've had that conversation before, and his legacy is still secure at only age 27. But there's no guarantee you're going to keep winning. We saw this the Cowboys in the 90s. Troy Aikman probably thought he was going to win more than those three Super Bowls in four years. And then they haven't been back since 1995.
0: Back to the Big Six podcast show here on CBS Sports HQ. Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach. There's electric chemistry up here on the set. Fantastic spot behind us.
2: the uh, I particularly love the giant cactus. Big yeah.
0: fan, there was a, I don't know if you saw it. There was actually a, a weird blue emoji thing out there. They had a costume and also a poop emoji earlier running around and dancing. It I was like in the background right behind Pete Prisco, Interesting. Which is fitting yeah. uh, for various reasons. Anyway, let's talk Super Bowl. Obviously, Eagles and Chiefs. We talked about some revenge angles. We talked about some, you know, these quarterbacks are such a key factor It's always with the quarterbacks, but especially in this particular game. I think from a strategic standpoint, like this is the thing about the Super Bowl. Even if you just want to talk about like the you know, the sort of the the bigger storylines, you know, the the Andy Andy Reid revenge stuff, you could get, you could eat up like an entire hour of content with it, but you could also talk about this. like from a strategy standpoint, this is a really, really fascinating Super Bowl. I'll start with Travis Kelsey because he is the guy for this, for this offense, for this Chiefs offense, Wilson. The Eagles' one weak spot is sort of the middle, the chewy, the soft, chewy middle of their their defense. They haven't really been tested by any tight ends. They've only allowed three touchdowns to tight ends this season. They haven't played anybody. Do you do you think they can, and how will they try to stop Travis Kelsey? Well, for starters,
1: Breach, I would suggest not doing what the Jaguars did when they thought that Travis Kelsey <laughs> was invisible and he went for four million yards in that game a few weeks ago. And, but, but it is a fair question. And you mentioned how good they've been against the limited tight ends they faced. And when you look at the numbers in terms of points allowed to, to various tight ends, they rank 10th. So they're doing okay, better than, than average. Uh, but this is going to be a different test because Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end in the NFL. I'm sure George Kittle would like a conversation. Um, but we'll, that's a, a conversation for another time. So, Here's where I'm at on it. I think if the front four of that Eagles defense, which got after, started with Hassan Reddick, can put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, as we talked about earlier, who's going to be on that bum ankle, it will limit Travis Kelsey's effectiveness down the field. Now, he might get some quick throws for five, six, seven, eight yards, but he's not going to be able to run those intermediate dig routes that go uh, 15 yards in the air, and he gets another 15 on top of it. So he is going to get his catches, even with the the fact that everyone else on that team is hurt, it feels like, at the wide receiver position. But I think that the Eagles, with their quickness up front, uh, and with their mobility on the back end will be able to limit, quote, in quotation marks or bunny ears, you call them breach what Travis Kelsey can do.
2: Yeah, and this obviously is a big deal, but the thing is every team goes into every game against the Chiefs, and they say, huh, all we gotta do is stop Travis Kelsey, <laughs> and we're probably gonna win, and we just saw Travis Kelsey's postseason stats, no one stops him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals in the regular season held him to under 60 yards, couldn't do that in the postseason. He just finds a way to get open, and if you can't cover the middle of the field, he is going to terrorize you. And so the one thing is, I will give the Eagles a little bit of credit, is that they did a good job of stopping Travis Kelsey when these two teams played last season, so you had a lot of the same defensive personnel in place. Not sure if you're aware that Tyree, Tyree Hill... Tyreek Hill, well, that's where I was going with that, <laughs> is that Tyree Kill absolutely went off, but the Chiefs don't have that type of weapon yep. to kind of replace that. So maybe the Eagles can at least slow him down. I don't think anybody's stopping Travis Kelsey, and then obviously it's, can somebody fill in that Tyree Kill gap? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's, it's like you said. So, I mean, again, not Belichick here, schematically from a deep... No, the Belichick podcast. Right, but the Bill Belichick podcast, we'll take that. Uh, but the the point being is, like, if you can get the front four home and you rotate in these guys, you know, on these, you know, you have these rotational pass rushers coming in, this wave of guys who stay fresh, you can keep putting pressure on Mahomes, and you guys in the back end can cover, then, then the Eagles can run away with this game because they can bracket Travis Kelsey and force, you know, you're asking Marcus Valdez-Scantling. And like, For the record,
1: I don't think they can run away with it, but I understand probably, where you're probably,
0: going. probably can't run away with it. I'm just saying that like, if you if you can truly limit Kelsey and also yeah. get home with your pass rush and cover those guys on the back end, like, it, 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 and those things kind of go hand in hand, right? You get home with the pass rush, a lot easier to cover on the back end. You cover really well on the back end, a lot easier to get home with the pass rush. So I think the bottom line is you're going to bracket and double team the living hell out of Travis Kelsey and force the Chiefs to beat you in some other form or fashion. Maybe that form or fashion is the screen. Game we've seen a lot of Isaiah Pacheco in the last two weeks. Is it possible that Andy Reid is pulling the old uh, the old triple deke that we you know from uh, from Flying Ducks and that he's really planning to go back to Jarrett McKinnon and screen this Eagles defense to keep pressure off Mahomes to get Travis Kelsey open to force them to adjust?
1: Well, it is rarely the case. Breach where Andy Reid is out schemed, so he he will have a plan, and I think Brinson's exactly right. It starts with Pacheco, it starts with McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to be active for this game, so perhaps he finds uh, some way to get involved, and Travis Kelsey runs a lot of tight end screens as well either on the outside or in the middle, uh, we see him do that. So I, I think there's going to be uh, a plethora of options at Andy Reid's disposal, especially given that Patrick Mahomes won't be the same old mobile Patrick Mahomes. And we've seen them run tight end screens to tight ends that are second, third, fourth on the on the depth chart. So I think all stops are out. We see them uh, do the turnaround. We see them do the circle in the huddle. I think we're going to see a couple of those, <laughs> those sorts of things uh, to, to try to at least distract that really active Eagles defense, and part of that I think will be the screen game. Yeah, they might break out the ring around the Rosie huddle in the Super Bowl, but yeah, I, I think that the one
2: thing is if you want to slow down a team that is great at rushing the pass, which the Eagles are the third most sacks in a single season in NFL history, they could move up to number one if they sack uh, Patrick Mahomes five times in the Super Bowl, and the screen obviously is the way to slow down the pass rush, but the, the Chiefs don't have to add that to their game plan because it's already there, they already do it all the time, and so if they can get off a couple successful screens early in the game then uh, what happens the Eagles pass rush has to start paying attention to that and can't just go all out going after Mahomes. so I think that will be a big deal on, on how successful the screens are and
0: worth noting you can see it on the screen here if you're watching on CBS Sports HQ which hopefully you are uh, 82 sacks 80 sacks for the 84 and 85 Bears those are the only teams the Eagles are behind that is an insane stat this is a really really good pass rush team if you
2: are in any statistical box with the
0: 1985 Bears defense you are clearly
2: doing something right because that is you know most Mostly considered the greatest defense of all time
0: absolutely uh, from a Chiefs defensive perspective I think it's really interesting or maybe you want to call it the Eagles offensive perspective how we want to approach it Wilson what, what do you think what do we think the Eagles are going to do and how are they going to attack offensively against the Steelers and the Titans earlier this year we saw them get, try to go up top you know they they, they They decided they wanted to throw deep. They weren't scared of of taking vertical shots because they knew those teams were going to stack the box on them and they wanted to stop the run. And so you have to think, like, what do the Chiefs do defensively? What do they try and stop first? Do they try and slow down Miles Sanders and the Jalen Hurts rushing attack? Because if you load the box, you're putting a bunch of young, Cornerbacks on an island with guys like A.J. Brown, uh, D- uh, Devonta Smith, and of course, you know, you got, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard out there as well.
1: Yeah, that, that's going to be an inter- interesting thing. But I will say this, Breach, and, you know, uh, for people who don't know, Breach is a huge Bengals homer, perhaps the biggest on earth. His dad was the great Jim Breach, the kicker uh, for the Bengals in the 80s and 90s. But I say all, all that to say in the AFC Championship game, what we saw was a lot of injuries on the back end for the Chiefs, and the young guys had to step up. Josh Williams stepped up, Trent McDuffie stepped up. Uh, they weren't expected to play as much as they did in the roles that they did, and, and they made plays when they had to down the stretch. Now, did they get exposed at times? Yes, but they were able to bounce back. But to answer your question, Brenton, I, I think you have to stop the run first and then deal with the downfield stuff later because if you don't stop the run, the, the Eagles are going to keep running the ball, and that's going to be a wrap. Yeah, and I think if you were to ask the
2: Bengals, hey, look, all these young Chiefs guys are going to be playing in the secondary. You're, you're loving that if you're the Bengals, and they did such a good job of slowing them down. And this team's not going to be intimidated by Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown because they just went against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And those guys make a couple big plays. Yeah, great receivers are going to do that, but they weren't getting burnt left and right. So I do agree with Wilson. If you're Kansas City, I think you just go all in to stop the run because you do not want to get burnt by that. And if Jalen Hurts is dealing with that shoulder injury, just say, hey, look, let's see if he can pass on us, and let's trust our young guys in the secretary.
0: Well, and you know you have Chris Jones, of course, uh, battling up front again. Jason Kelsey. I think it's fascinating to consider when you have, you know, look, the Kelsey brothers, right? First brothers ever to play in the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe, look, I mean, I love our podcast. I'm not saying their podcast is better, but their podcast is really, really good and very entertaining. These guys are two of the biggest entertainers, two of the most colorful characters in all of professional football, and they're going here head-to-head. How do you, I, mean, like, I know they don't, they don't match up. They won't play each other, clearly, but how do we, like, how do we think that storyline shakes out here in the grand scheme of things of the Super Bowl?
1: Well, if anything Breach, it'll probably end up being a storyline on their podcast, whether they uh, decide to call it quits or, or whatever their future may hold. But they're sort of fun stories because I was talking to, to our guy Rick Spielman, who I do the with the First Pick podcast before the show, just about where they who he had them slotted when he was the GM with the Vikings. And the issue with Travis Kelsey was that he didn't block. And back then, inline tight ends needed to block. And obviously, we know what he's turned into. And then you see Jason Kelsey with his Batman mask. He was quote unquote undersized coming out of the center. He is rarely moved off the spot now. So they're they're both incredibly important uh, to, to what they do on, on their respective sides of the ball. I, I don't want to say who's more important. Obviously Travis Kelsey is the, the, the premier pass catcher on that team. That offensive line in Philadelphia has been outstanding in large part because of what Kelsey b- brings in the middle and if you lose any one of those five guys that's an issue for Jalen Hurts and, and the rest of the guys behind him. But it's a fantastic story of two guys from Cincinnati who have made it and they all also by the way have a good podcast.
2: Yes I would been remiss if I didn't mention but Ryan did, is that, yeah, they both went to the University of Cincinnati. I do think it's a fascinating matchup. Uh, as someone who has a brother, I think, here's how this happens, is that no matter who wins, uh, one of these guys... Is getting, I also have a brother. One of the Well, then you I should don't. know, one of these guys is going to get a Super Bowl ring, and you're wearing that to every family function for the rest of time, I'm saying, getting a hey, hat. I'm remember a hat. that time I beat
0: you in yeah, the yeah, Super Bowl, yeah. you bro? Don't, you don't give the middle finger anymore, you give the, you give the, the ring, ring finger. finger. That's <laughs> it. Hey, look, you see that,
1: man? <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think about this? What do you think about the idea? Uh, I don't know if it's a, a online petition or not that the Kelsey's mom should do the coin flip. Mm. I'm all for it. I like
0: it. I look if I'm the Kelsey brother who wins the Super Bowl, I'm getting But you want to lose the coin flip, remember. I'm getting like a giant hat. You know like you you see like the, the big hat. Big like, yeah, the big hat. No, 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 no. Like the hat is just going to be the ring. And oh, I'm going to wear see. it to like Thanksgiving and be like, "Hey, what's up, buddy? How we doing? Uh, although the way they both, they both have Super Bowl rings, so so that's fine. Like that's, that's right, that's why it's even better. Yeah. So, so like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like cuz you cuz you don't want to show up you know, like Eli Manning and Peyton Manning have talked about this, where it's like it was a little awkward when Eli had two and Peyton only had one, because it's like you know every you know, and me. especially because Eli beat the guy who tortured Peyton, right? Yeah. Exactly, and Peyton, you know, pretty. I think you could say that Peyton's career better than Eli's as a whole, pretty obviously, right? But you know, Eli had the two Super rings so it was always a little awkward. Uh, speaking of Jason Kelsey, I think this is another Billy question, but Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham, possible retirees. I actually wouldn't, is Lane Johnson too old, too young to retire?
1: I think he's in his early 30s.
0: Um, I, this Eagles team, like we talk about it, it's like if Hurts wins this one, they've got tons of time to keep winning and keep coming out there. But, I mean, there's a decent chance we could see some of these Eagles guys walk away, right? So if they win, I, I think the good
1: news is that, and we talk about this all the time, you have a quarterback on his rookie deal, and then that might encourage the, old, the old-timers, old quotation marks, who might have been considering retirement, let's take one more run at this. Maybe even if you lose, you have that conversation. because the 20-20 box. Yeah, yikes. (laughs) But, I mean, Tom Brady took a discount, but it wasn't the rookie deal like we saw with Russ Wilson and Carson Wentz before his injuries uh, sort of sidetracked his career. So I think that might be the conversation breach. And maybe it's more the case that if you lose, you're more likely to come back than if you win because you've accomplished it and it's incredibly difficult to go back-to-back. You know, it's funny. I would have used to think that, that if you lose, you're more likely to
2: come back. But I feel like if you win, you're now more likely to come back because you're thinking, man, nobody's repeated in 18 years. Why can't we be the first team to repeat? I feel like – we saw that with a lot of the Buccaneers after the 2020 win. Aaron Donald was on the verge of retirement. Said, "No, you know what? Let's try and go out and Sean McVay was going to take right up, and tons of money from Amazon." And, and so that is the, you're enticed by the thought of, "Hey, look, why don't we go out and try and get that first repeat since 2003, 2004 Patriots?" So I think that part of it, uh, and like you guys said, the, the Eagles nucleus is there. They're all going to be coming back, and uh, this team's loaded if these guys don't retire. Uh, so yeah, I think if they do win,
0: that these guys will get some serious thought. I think they will come back. I I think so, too. You look at these guys and, man, look, like this Philly team, you you hear A.J. Brown, you hear Jalen Hurts all season long talk about it. They really like each other. They have incredible chemistry. You know, this is a team that's had fun. You see all the Batman masks, reminiscent of the, the dog mask that they rolled in 2017. And you have these guys who, a lot of veterans who understand what it takes to win a Super Bowl who have been there. And if they win another one, it's like, look, the NFC, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady just retired. Aaron Rodgers might get traded to the AFC. The NFC could be not barren, just a much easier pathway to getting back to the Super Bowl for those Eagles so it wouldn't surprise me at all uh, Hassan Reddick, Chris Jones two maybe the more underrated guys in terms of I mean we're talking about them last so sure why not uh, what do we yeah. think when we look at these guys who makes the bigger impact Wilson in this game Hassan Redick or is it Chris Jones oh, in terms boy. of their pass rush and, and which one affect you know like you know, who who affects this game more? That's
1: the question. So 15 and a half sacks on the season for Chris Jones, 16 for Hassan Reddick. We saw all the damage he did uh, in, in the playoffs. And I think perhaps the edge slightly goes to Hassan Reddick Breach, and I say that because he has so many other guys that can get after it. Hargrave, Sweat, Graham, all those guys have 11 sacks. Fletcher Cox had seven sacks, and I think that's going to be make his job a little easier. And I, I think at the end of the day, uh, Reddick, who was undersized, was sort of played out of position when he was drafted, and he came over to Philadelphia and it's flipped switch temple guy and he's doing everything that they need him to do I think Chris Jones gonna have an impact just not quite as big an impact as Hassan. yeah you mentioned uh, all those guys uh, the Eagles front four that are literally
2: the only team in NFL history that has had four players with ten or more sacks in a single season I mean that is a mind-blowing number and so yeah I do think that if you're the Chiefs you're the offensive line you can't say oh we're just gonna focus on Hassan Reddick and keep him out of the backfield because then one of those other guys is gonna get you whereas you can kind of do that with Kansas City and kind of focus Focus on Chris Jones and make sure he's not the guy that beat you. Although, you know, the Bengals tried to do that in the AFC championship game and, and Chris Jones got the monkey off his back, finally yeah, got is. his first playoff sack and maybe, you know, that's a breaks the dam and, and he's getting a bunch of sacks. But I do think Hassan Reddick probably has a bigger game.
0: I think it's going to be close. Both guys are going to have massive impacts. And it's like, if you can get Chris Jones in that disruption up front, even though the edge pressure by Son is Key, the the pressure up the middle is is absolutely debilitating for the Chiefs. We're not going to make picks today because we got all week of coverage here from the Super Bowl LVII. Pick 6 Podcast will be here. You can check out the Big Six podcast wherever you get your podcast as well. Listen on Spotify. Listen on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, CBS Sports HQ is live from Phoenix. The very handsome Chris Hassel. You can watch him on Fire TV. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Breach, for Wilson, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys tomorrow.